Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Stochastic, here we go. It's your old pal, Emac, coming to you on a Saturday. Different pairing today. It's myself and Matt Bellman getting back to the old school, how it was at the beginning of NBA season here. Matt, what's been going on? It's been a minute since we've done a show together. It has been a minute. I am hyped to be on here with you. It is getting me to think uh, that baseball's coming soon, and hopefully we can get out here for some MLB. Absolutely. We're about a month away from baseball. Not e- not even that. Weeks away. Uh, two and a half, three weeks here. So that's very exciting. Of course, there's those early games. Oh, I know I can't think of what continent it is on uh, this year, but there's one, uh, two game Asia, series. Think, it? It is somewhere in Asia. I couldn't remember where. Uh, two game series that is a week before everything else. But that mucks up the season long drafts because people count that. And for some reason, the dinosaurs that still do season long drafts like me, they won't just say, you know what, we'll just accept whatever stats they have, slap it in there and we'll move on uh, and we'll continue doing your drafts. No, they want to get all the drafts done before that week. And then we sit on our thumbs for a week. It's just that that's the only ridiculous part. But whatever. We're here to talk basketball three gamer tonight. Last night we had the no late swap on DraftKings, so we'll give a, give a few thoughts on that. And then uh, how about that injury reporting news there for um, one Anthony Edwards? Would have been nice to potentially know he had a personal thing going on. Uh, he left at halftime to go be with, um, uh, attend the birth of his child. So good reason to leave, but rats i would have liked to have known that was a possibility i wouldn't have gone overweight uh, on that there how did you uh did you play any dk with the no late swap i should ask i did play some dk not a ton i was busy last night so i just played like 20 lineups in that four dollar um mm-hmm. was fun uh we didn't really get the full experience because the two actual late games were taken off um, right but i'm a fan of it just because it requires less work. There's pluses pluses and minuses to it, just like pretty much everything in life. So I don't think it swings the pendulum too far either way, to be completely honest. Okay. that That's fair. That makes sense. My sort of thoughts on it were I didn't really like it. But not I don't I don't mind that they're trying different things to spur on potential. Uh, stickiness for the remaining DFS gamers at this point. I have zero issue with that. Where I take issue with both of the sites is they have their own agenda and are going to do whatever they want and don't listen to anybody's feedback anyway. So that's that's the frustrating part. But I would have liked to have seen it. Here's the funny part. I would have been happier if they had included the full slate and done no late swap. As opposed to, because if you're just going to go from seven to eight, 
and there were no nine o'clock games in that window. What this is kind of a, a weak test balloon, I would say. I'm with that. Just uh, yeah, a little bit soft to do it like that. Um, that said, we did have a little bit of news come out that affected the slate. De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. did not play. Malik Monk went crazy in the second half. He did. He saved my nights, got me within uh, six, only lost 6% on FanDuel. I played a lot on FanDuel last night because I wanted to have that flexibility. And once I knew that I would only be dealing with one site, I didn't play as much on DK. But once I knew I was dealing with one site, I just figured, oh, okay, I'll do that. Plus, I had my, my one lineup on Yahoo. But um, I had 30% Anthony Edwards on FanDuel. And then he was out, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose, like, 60% of my buy-ins. And it was Malik Monk that clawed, clawed me back to uh, within a whisker of, of breaking even. So I was happy for that. How about this? I don't know if you saw this. Malik Monk had four points with 240 left in the third quarter. Finished with 39. Really? That's, That's pretty crazy. crazy. That most definitely is. Uh, the other fun thing that uh, I I saw was um, uh, the the later games. So I, I had some parlays and, and some other stuff for those. So that was kind of fun watching it. So I was up way too late last night uh, and saw, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook ended up fracturing his hand on that. I think it was an attempted steal, as best I could tell. You had some people tossed from the later games for techs and for flagrant twos. Uh, it was just it was an interesting slate, but it's 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 much more uh, dulcet here with just three on the on the uh, docket tonight. And one of them is that Portland Memphis game again. So I think we've definitely had more fun slates to talk about, but it's all the same. Everyone's got to deal with the same garbage, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Wilson. Yeah, I saw, uh, it says, saw you finish fourth in the, in the single dollar uh, the other night. Yeah. I had the, the single entry dollar <clears throat> $3,000 prize pool on DraftKings. I was tied. I was tied with somebody. I don't think we had the exact same lineup, but we both ended up having Fred Van Vliet, uh remaining. And there must've been some stat corrections because I kept moving uh, with my tied uh, counterpart into third, out of back into fourth, into third, out of fourth after the game stopped. So I couldn't tell if it was my DK app just kind of ghosting back to to what it what it was or not. But uh, yeah, that was fun being up near the top there. Uh, at, but at the end, uh, most everybody that was still alive all had Fred Van Vliet, so I wasn't really moving uh, up or down, um, with the exception of the the one person who did end up finishing ahead of me. So that was that was kind of fun. Um, we are going to, I'm, I'm running the, the Sims right now. I've got the DraftKings ones. We'll talk about those since we have time today. We'll also do the FanDuel ones since we have time today. A couple other key things that I want to call out. Uh, of course, if you guys uh, would like to hit the like button, that would be fantastic. If you actually hit the like button, that would be even better. Um, subscribe as well. Uh, we have the Odds Chopper channel is over 125,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. We're we're closing in on one hundred thousand dollars or one hundred thousand dollars one hundred thousand subscribers here. I wish that was worth one hundred thousand um, dollars on on the stochastic channel. Uh, but you guys can rock that stochastic avatar for a variety of discounts. One, there's the Hall of Fame promotion. So if, if you go to stochastic.com backslash avatar, you can download the avatar, upload that to your DFS sites of choice, and you will if you finish top three in any contest with at least five thousand participants 
can't be can't be a ties or trains, but first, second, or third overall, uh, and send the screenshot showing your stochastic avatar and the victory to Stochastic HOF on Twitter. We will induct you into the Hall of Fame, and you will get to choose a one-month package up to $200 on Stochastic. So that's a pretty good deal for using the avatar. And then you can also get discounts in perpetuity by using the Stochastic avatar on the various DFS sites of choice if you sign up for the Sims package or the data bundle. Wait, what's the data bundle? That's the new product that we have, you guys asked. We listened, and I hate that phrase, but we did listen. So we are offering a data bundle for all of our data. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. So there's a lot of people that don't want the Sims, don't want the other stuff. They want all the data. So we're, we are saying, OK, we're offering all of that. Yes, it's it's a little expensive. It's going to be uh, 300 bucks a month, but we'll knock 100 bucks off that if you are using the stochastic avatar. So there you go. We're, we're trying we're trying to make it work out for everybody here doing our best. Uh, but it's you know, it's a tough market out there. But we also know it's a tough world out there. So that's why we're saying, hey, rep that stochastic avatar. We'll give you guys some credit for that for sure. All right, Mr. Bellman, are you ready to look at our three games here? As ready as I'll ever be. Oh, okay, so uh, we are going to once again have heavy popularity coming in on this first game. It makes sense. We saw it last night at the beginning of the day, the, the top eight projected um, most popular players on DraftKings yesterday were from this game and the top six on FanDuel. Uh, it, we ended up getting some other value pop up with uh, some stuff happening in Cleveland, uh, et cetera. But still, these guys are going to be a, a large part of our evening again tonight. Now, the interesting thing last night was even though the teams were relatively shorthanded, it's their starting lineups that are out. They still had enough players that it wasn't overly dramatic, but these guys are all cheap. And so literally the top eight players for Memphis are injured. The top uh, four of the top six for Portland are injured, and that's including the Robert Williams, the you know Brandon Clark's, the the guys that have been out for the majority of the season. But we're we're literally looking at backup rosters here. The interesting thing was Jeremy Grant played thirty three minutes. That's the most for anybody on Portland. Anthony Simons played twenty six. That was the next most. And then off the bench, you had Thibault for twenty six. Uh, um, Ashton Higgins, who I had no idea who he was until last night, 24 minutes. Delano um, uh, Blanton, uh, former, Banton, formerly of Toronto, he played 20 minutes. So a lot of, a lot of minutes coming in off the bench there. Uh, similarly for Memphis, uh, they, they went some healthy minutes to the bench. bench. You had Jake LaRavia with 26 off the bench, Lamar Stevens with 21, and Gigi Jackson with 23. Uh, each team played, uh, well, Memphis played 10 players, and it looks like do, 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 seven, nine, and Portland played 12. I'm expecting to see something similar tonight. And the reason I'm setting the stage for that there is, who the hell do we want to look at here? Now we have some real decisions. Previously, yesterday, it was just grab these guys and then spend up and focus on who you're spending up on. 
today it's like, oh, shoot, we actually need the points from these guys. It's not just a function of salary. Matt, what are, what are you thinking here from the Portland side? No no injuries that I could see uh, from last night's game. My original line of thought or train of thought is Portland scored 122 points last night, one by 30. Simons finished with 25 fantasy points. Jeremy Grant finished with 20. That doesn't tell you how tough of a nut this Portland team is to crack right now. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like this team is uh, has been obviously uh, taken back by injuries, not quite as much as Memphis, but still, like you mentioned, Portland is missing most of their main players, DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, Time Lord, et cetera, et cetera. I do think we have to look at this team similar to how we did last night with the caveat being that even their top guys might not play as much as we'd like them to. It almost makes it murkier today because you had guys like Banton, Jabari Walker. Those were the guys you actually needed from Portland last night, and I don't think there's much rhyme or reason to it. So struggling a bit with how I want to go back to Portland today, pricing is pretty similar. I think that your Grants and Simons – look the best as far as like the spend up options. Cause those are only the two guys you can spend up on and do reef still looks really good. That said center is loaded tonight. So what's your take on this team? I, I, I want to stick with, with the key players, right? So it's going to be Simon's grant and you're right. Maybe do up The interesting thing about read this, and it's hard to tell because it's game log watching, but I was looking at, at his recent rebounds and because I'm, you know, still in some season-long leagues where head-to-head and I needed some rebounds uh, to finish out this weekend. And I thought, well, there's three games tonight. Let's see who's there from Portland that I can get. And he, he's only had, like, he, I don't think he's had more than seven in any of his last handful of games. That was a little bit surprising. His minutes haven't totally been there um, either because, again, there are enough bodies to play here. And so he was someone that, we saw him not too long ago have some decent games. We saw Jabari Walker at, uh, I guess it's closer to two months ago, uh, when the team was more healthy, but they were missing Aiton. He had some really strong games uh, at a discounted value. Strong games, mean, you know, they were flirting with 30 fantasy points. But it just feels like it's, uh, it's just catch as catch can, to borrow the old phrase. I don't know. It's a mix and match here by the coach. It's hard to discern a particular rotation at this point. To your point, it's odd. Reith only played 23 minutes last night. Yeah. So he smashed. He ended up with 34 fantasy points, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's like a jam, a, a guy you have to lock in just because of all the other good centers we have available today. Portland is a, as I mentioned before, a murky situation. That said, with only three games, I think we're going to need some Portland tonight. Yeah, it's and it's. We'll see how things fit. There are some some injury um, items. Even though we only have three games, we're still waiting to see what's up with Contavious Caldwell Pope. We're still waiting to see what's going on with Jamal Murray. LeBron has his his actual um, you know his his perpetual questionable tag uh, with that sore ankle. I suspect he's playing tonight. Denver and the Lakers. It's a primetime game, and they are uh, a pick'em. So that's kind of fun. This is a good measuring stick game if everybody shows up. Uh, and then you've got Eric Gordon 
that's dinged up in the last game of the night. Those are the moving parts. Like if those guys are are out, it gives us some other options. If they're in, now we're back to trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Portland um, and Memphis. And that's going to be the fun puzzle. And then, of course, because it is Saturday, there will be some news dropping out of nowhere that someone is missing somehow. You know, avocado in their eye, uh, <laughs> celebrating the birth of their child, whatever it might be. All good reasons, of course, but it's Saturday in the NBA. The only day more wild than Saturday in the NBA is Sunday in the NBA. Um, so we'll see here. Uh, so back, kind of back to, um, oh, I didn't put it on the screen yet. So putting our, our uh, Sims up here, so uh, I just ran this for uh, simulating a contest of 2,000 people, 25% here to first, and then uh, we can just take a quick look at our, our 150 to get us a, a player pool here. Uh, we can look here at our exposures and sort of see, hey, what's what's happening, what's going on? So you can see that Duop Wreath, right off the bat, he's, he's coming in in a lot of our lineups. So is Matisse Thibault. Now, that's a little bit of a surprise. Now, former University of Washington star has a bad rap for his, his uh, offense. He's not a bad shooter. He's about replacement level. He was okay in college. He just was in college forever. He's a defensive um, maven. But on a night like tonight, I mean, what, last night he had like seven or eight points. It, it was, uh, where is he? He had 13 points last night. He was five for 10. Right. So he's not going to he'll take a couple threes from the corner when he's not guarded. He's adequate at that. Um, and then most of his other stuff is going to be finishing on on breaks or lobs. So when he gets the opportunities, there's a good chance he's going to make them. He just doesn't take that many shots. That's kind of the, what really makes him a, a weaker option here. But look at him. He's popping way up there. And then we've got uh, we currently have Jaron Jackson Jr. in our projections. He's listed as as doubtful. Like, we don't know if it's resting games, tanking games, whatever. So we've got him in here for the moment. So he's popping up as a decent play. If he ends up being out, if Derek Rose ends up being out, right, that's what's going to see. We're going to see some of these other Memphis guys start to bubble up. But I mean, I'm thinking it's for me. It's really it's going to be Reith is is now sticking with us here for DraftKings, which just makes me want to take take a drink of my coffee and uh, wash that taste out. It's Reith, Grant, and Simons. Those are the top three, I think, by yeah. far. And then it's Thibel, Kamara, Jabari Walker. I'm interested to see what happened to ownership tonight. Like, let's just say that Jaron Jackson doesn't play. You had guys like Thibel and Laravia outscore basically all the good players from each either of these teams. They were unowned last night. Will those guys start to pick up more ownership? Uh, it's an interesting conversation, if nothing else. All righty. Uh, we have a super chat here from Chris Presto, and he says, hey, could this be another Delano Banton night? How many minutes do we think he will get? Well, yesterday, I think, is a reasonable template of him getting 20 minutes. Is That's fine. I would think he is going to be ahead of, um, you know, uh, Rupert, who got seven. Maybe he's kind of even with Ashton Higgins. And then guys, even though they're front court players, depending on who's playing for Memphis, it's not like there's really a 
centers per se that are a dominating gravitational force in this game. So we could see more minutes go to the, the guards, but you know, we could see Baji. He only had four minutes. He could slide off uh, even Moses Brown. Uh, he could slide off uh, a little bit. So I would think um, maybe 18 minutes to Banton is a reasonable projection for tonight with an upside of 23 if things are going well, a downside of 12 if they're not. Uh, he had 40 DraftKings points last night. I didn't even realize that till right now. Well, he, he had a steal, two blocks, three assists, seven rebounds, and he was uh, three of five from the field, scored 19 points, seven boards, three assists, and three stocks in 20 minutes. That That's like a career game. This is the problem when you get two teams – without a clear pecking order. Like, yeah, if yes. Jaron Jackson is in, he's the guy for Memphis. But with him out, and I know Simons and Grant are, quote-unquote, the guys for Portland. But even then, we saw it last night. Like, when there's no established pecking order, weird stuff can happen. Because most of these teams in the league, when they're healthy, they've got established pecking orders. Yeah. Um, and so for we actually have Banton in for just uh, 12.7 minutes, right? Again, things are a little fluid. We're, we, we're projecting more of the Memphis people because we don't uh, – that probably will end up sitting. So this will shift things around. And I know I said Memphis, but point being we've got uh, injury news that we don't know yet and probably won't know until about 2.30 or 3.30 today. Um, but I think Banton is is someone that needs to be on the short list. But basically, we got a career performance from him last night. This is not a breakout. This is not the start of something new. It just everything went his way in a purely chaotic game. Anything else you would like to cover here for the Portland side? We can kind of slide over to Memphis. I think it's just worth reiterating. They won by 30 last night. Jabari Walker was their top fantasy performer. Then Batten. Then Reef. Then Chris Murray. Then Simons, then Thibault, then Hagens, then Jeremy Grant. Um, if I were, you know, if I were playing this game again today, and we are playing this game again today, again today, I would still have Grant as the top spend-up option. And again, this is one for me. Like, is the ownership going to fall because he underperformed last night? I'm not sure. No, those are those are all good questions. Um, I'm gonna go over here. I couldn't get uh, popcorn machines not updated. This is this is add more funds. They're the ones that absorbed NBA Wowie. But we this is a what's called a game flow box score. So if you watch the process, you'll see Josh um, look at these quite a bit. This is something that came into prominence maybe about ten years ago. Um, there's a few sites that offer them for free. Um, I I like this this site visually is more appealing. Popcorn Machine has some. Uh, they also are giving you a, a game graph of the scoring, um, which is helpful to look at. So I kind of look at a combination of these. But this is just sort of helpful to say, hey, when did these guys get their minutes? So for Banton, here's something that's key. So we can see that he came in. Uh, he got two and a half minutes there at the end of the first, and then he got another seven there at the end. Of, or at the beginning of the second. So that's about 10 minutes right there. It looks like he had a very similar rotation over here. So there's a good chance. Now we're inferring a lot here, but there's a good chance he sees that 20 minutes tonight, right? Again, because, and the hard part is I, we, without having the game flow up here to know the scores and all that, but we can see they sat all the starters. 
but he was one of the first guys in. So he is someone that I think our 12 minutes is maybe a little light, probably 15 to 16 is a, a realistic projection for tonight. But you can see he didn't get massive blowout run, right? What happened with Jar Jabari Walker? Well, he barely played in the first half. He got a boatload of action at the end when the, when the, the main guys were off. He feels like he has a more tenuous spot in the pecking order now, right? And that's how you can kind of read into these. Um, you can look at, at, at game histories, um, a lot of these. Uh, let's go to Portland, since that's what we're talking about. And just quickly say, hey, what, what happened in some of these other games, right? So we can see here that it looks like, oh, Jabari Walker didn't play much in the fourth, but he got a lot of run in the third. What happened against Charlotte over here? Hey, uh, he kind of had that that same similar rotation there. So odds are he is probably he and but now you can see Banton didn't get a lot either. So those guys are tenuous, but I think sort of how it played out last night is probably a little more uh, information that's helpful. But we're sort of guessing here, right? You want you talked about small sample size. One chaotic game does not make a uh, a good trend. But this is how you start to look at things and build up projections and figure out where all the you know forty eight minutes times five uh, across each team is going to go, et cetera. But the funny thing are... is, last night before we got the Cleveland news, <laughs> I was looking at the slate and I was like, man, if there was ever a, an NBA slate to leave salary on the table, mm -hmm. it's this one. Again, this was before the Cleveland news when we had just all the Memphis and Portland guys popping way over everyone, and in reality. That proved to be true. I mean, Banton and Jabari Walker doubled up Grant and Simons. That just, <laughs> it's bizarre. It is. It is pretty crazy. Um, all right. So kind of looking here. So this is some of the fun features we have here for the Sims tool. You can filter almost all of the uh, the fields here to look at what you want. So here I've just got it filtered by Memphis. I want to see, you know, what where is the pool? So this will come pretty close to where we think the actual pro, uh, projected um, player popularity is going to be. Exposure showing how much we have, and then the delta, that's the leverage. So, you know, we can look here and say, hey, I'm, I'm well under the field on um, Zaire Williams. That'll probably change if as soon as we get more news on Jackson and Rose, et cetera. But that's that's how you kind of read this stuff here. You can look at the simulated ROI. So this just means how is a player working out compared to all of the other players, right? So this doesn't mean that Santi Aldama is going to lose you money by playing him. But what do we read into that? Well, one, we've got a, a bunch of people projected uh, in that could be out that didn't play last night. So he may look a little better, too. He just he's had some good games, but they are fewer and farther between than they ever ha have been. And now he's got all the opportunity in the world to get there, and he's just not um, doing well. And three, it feels almost like they have a minutes cap on him. I don't have his game log up, but I want to say over the last ten games, I think he's topped like twenty-seven minutes just three times, right? So it's sort of like, ooh, he's he's not quite as trustworthy as we once thought. But maybe that's because he he fit in better and was higher in the pecking order when there were a lot more better players out here. And now they're like, well, we kind of know what we got with Aldama. Let's you know make sure we get developmental minutes with Zaire Williams. We spent a you know the tenth overall pick on him. Let's see, is he worthwhile? Are we going to keep him around? What's up with Gigi Jackson? You know, what can we do? They've with spent a lot of draft capital on a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's sort of like, we better see what we got. And then you get someone like Jordan Goodwin coming in who can't stick with any team. And all of a sudden they converted him from a 10-day into a two-way contract because, of course, Scotty Pippen Jr. was hurt. So you end up, you know, now all of a sudden he's looking like one of the better plays on the team just because everybody's out. So that's that's what we're what we're looking at here for Memphis. But until we know for sure what's up with, with uh, Jaron Jackson and with Rose, uh, it's hard to really say. If Jackson's in, he's the phenomenal play tonight. If he's not, then now we're back to looking at Zaire Williams, Vince Williams, um, et cetera, because the trickle-down minutes effect. Uh, anything you want, else you want to mention on uh, our friends here at From? I just think it's important, and you've mentioned it a couple times now, like what's going to be the difference between Memphis tonight and last night? We don't know the answer to that right now, but that answer will be provided in the next few hours or sometime before the game starts. And that's important. Um, And the thing you got to keep in mind with these teams, and we saw it, especially early last night, they're not good. So that means that games can work out in a ton of different ways. So we saw Portland play Charlotte like a week ago, and the score was like 90 to 80. Sometimes when you get two really bad teams, they just don't play defense and you get high scoring games. I think you have to know going in that there's a wide range of outcomes for basically every player in this game. And I'll include Jaron Jackson. Like if he plays, he's a great play on paper, but he just missed last night. We don't know how much they're trying to extend him. This game could obviously get funky and weird as it did last night in any direction. So I was making this point with Josh a couple days ago. You know, people always talk about blowouts in the NBA. And I think it's valid. It's a valid concern to talk about blowouts. I look at them a little bit differently, though. So I think every game, in the and I'd love to hear your take on this. I think pretty much every game in the NBA, of course, there are outliers, has pretty much the same chance to blow out. The team, the difference is when there's a big spread, like Boston minus 15 against Charlotte, it's highly, highly unlikely that Charlotte is going to be doing the blowout. But it doesn't mean to me that that game is more likely to blow out than this game, Memphis-Portland, which is a a short spread. In this game, you just don't know who's going to do the blowing out. You see that similarly at all? Yes, and it's it's also the 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 old set, you know, base or baseball. Basketball is a game of 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 runs, right? Teams just go. I mean, if you if you go look at the the game flow box scores and it's, you know, one team goes on a 12 to two run that then the other team comes back with an eight to four run, right? It's just, it just looks like that most of the game. Where does that shake out? I mean, how many times have we seen a team, you know, score 35 points in the first quarter, a crappy team, and then 17 in the second. And all of a sudden you're going into after and you're like, shit, they, they barely got 50 points. God, they really suck, don't they? Whereas in the first quarter, everybody's uh-huh. victory lapping, you know, no whoever, no cash, right? All, all that, yeah. the, the fun stuff there. So we like to see the games close. When you get to those potential blowouts, who is it? When does it happen? Does the other team start to come back? Sometimes we see the the second unit is the one that's authoring it, and they just get the extra run, and they end up playing the you know most of the third end of the third quarter and, and almost all of the fourth quarter because they're just crushing, right? It just we see different stuff all the time. So predict predicting the specific type of blowout or outcome. It's so tricky. Now you got to tell a story. You got to figure out how you're right. It's like looking at NBA uh, showdown slates, right? Trying to c- capture the chaos of one game and figuring out well 
you know, how is it going to work? Like chaos. Let's just use the Super Bowl. Atlanta up, what, 28? What was their, the, the 28 to three or whatever they're, they're saying is? That ended up being, you know, that looked like a blowout. Guess what? The other team came back. You needed, you needed the Patriots in that one. It just, it's, it's capturing the, the anomalies. So we'll know more there about, uh, about uh, Memphis here. Uh, as we move on. So this is, and I've got FanDuel up here. So again, you guys got to see, you can, you can change the projections. Uh, you can boost people. We can look at, um, you know, let's favor our lineups. We can look at exposure caps. You know, we say, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody over uh, 60%. You can set up, adjust your global player cap there. Let's call it 55. You can change that. You unfavored everybody. Then we go back and, and we favored them again. And it's going to uh, cap everybody at, you know, your 55%, um, et cetera. We can adjust the ROI boost by coming in and say, gosh, you know what? Um, I really want to get Fred Van Vliet because I think he's elite. So let's boost his ROI. We hit that. Now you can see all the Fred Van Vliet lineups. It's showing you which ones have him. Not that that matters, but because once you start hitting this button a bunch, um, it's it's going to be kind of messy. But you can get um, specifically where where he's at. And now if we uh, unfavorite and then refavorite, he should pop up um, a fair amount more uh, for us because now he's at 50%. So he hit, our, he hit our cap. So you can see how you can maneuver stuff around here. So that's a lot of fun. That is the Sims product here. All right. Second game here. Uh, what do we got? We have another game we just saw. Yes. Uh, well, Denver at light at the Lakers. Houston to Phoenix oh. technically is the last game. Of I'm sorry. Time. There's only three. Yeah, They're fault. staggered by a half hour. each. So I was speaking no of Phoenix, problem. Houston. Yes. <laughs> um, so Denver at LA, 227 uh, projected game total here. Uh, you've got Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is questionable with a personal reason, so perhaps no remember me for him tonight. Jamal Murray's missed uh, some time here recently with a, an ankle sprain. Um, we'll have to see if he's going to be available tonight. Anthony Davis actually probable on the injury report. Maybe he's the surprise guy that somehow sits. Uh, LeBron James uh, got, has his uh, questionable tag uh, for that ankle management. Cam Reddish has returned to action. Uh, we're still without Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, uh, Christian Wood, um, etc. for the Lakers, but they are a little bit deeper than they have been because now Cam Reddish is back, but they've picked up Spencer Dinwiddie off the buyout market, etc. So it's it's getting a little tougher to like some of their folks there. So let's start with uh, two-time MVP um, uh, Nikola Jokic here. Is, is he the raw points master for tonight's action for you? Yeah, I don't even think it's close. I think you... You don't have to play anyone, but it's really, really hard to get away from Jokic here. The top four of the top five plays on the slate are centers, which I talked about at the beginning. Jokic stands out as obviously the best of the bunch because it's Jokic. I'm of the opinion Jamal Murray does not play here. So he sprained his ankle against the Heat a couple nights ago. He did not return. I don't have any more info than that, but, you know, this is a team that is playing the long game, right? Like, obviously, they'd love to win tonight, but... They're the defending champs. Murray clearly was banged up last time out. If he's out, I think you have to play Jokic because Jokic's numbers just are insane with Murray. I mean, they're insane no matter what, but with Murray out, he becomes a really, really hard guy to fade, especially in this matchup. So for me, it's Jokic. If Murray plays, I like Murray. I'm a big Jamal Murray fan. 
price point is right. A little bit worried about the ankle, but if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't play, I think we can start to look at like the Reggie Jacksons of the world. Now he's not cheap, but there isn't a ton of opportunity cost on this slate. So all the other Denver guys would become more in play. If we get a situation where we don't have Murray or KCP, maybe then you could start to take a look at like the Christian Browns of the world. Um, You know, the Aaron Gordons, Michael Porters, they look better with Murray out, but just GPP plays on this slate to me, you know, not guys I'm going to build around. Whereas Jokic is really hard to get away from. And on main slates, 10 game slates, I play Jokic. I don't play him every slate because he's really hard to get to. On slates like this, the raw points just mean so much as you, as you started by saying. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm back here looking at add more funds. And this is, so this is NBA Wowie, right? With or without you. That's what Wowie stands for. I didn't know that for the longest time, but uh, you can see I had it uh, tagged with Murray on. Uh, Jokic had about 30 something uh, percent assist rate. With him off, it goes up to 40%. His rebounding rate stays the same, but without Murray, um, Jokic ends up scoring uh, 1.72 DraftKings fantasy points per minute, about the same on FanDuel. So um, these are helpful tools as you want to say, you know, hey, who who's in, who's out? You know, you can come in and say, oh, you know, how much does it change if, if Caldwell Pope is out as well? And sometimes you'll make little combinations here and you'll find out there are some players that their fantasy points per minute don't really change when a key player's out, but their mix does, right? You look at like a Steph mm-hmm. Curry without Draymond Green out. Well, Steph ends up getting more assists and he's less efficient with the shooting, right? And he's, I haven't looked at that in, in a couple of weeks, but because Draymond's been back. But those that's what you kind of want to look and see is, hey, how are things going to change? Their efficiency may stay the same. Like if you look at Kawhi Leonard, when Paul George is out, um, Kawhi Leonard kind of is, is about the same with or without him, funny enough. But when George is out, Leonard gets all everything. Right. So then the volume is there. Right. So you have to keep an eye on volume and efficiency. He's not as efficient, but he's shooting more. Right. So that gives him the upside potential if the shot's going down. Right. So these are all the things that you want to factor in uh, when you're looking at that. And then that that kind of comes in here um, to, you know, here we've got the this is the boom bust tool. Right. So this is this is one of the key things. This we've had this forever. This is kind of this was built off of simulations before actual you know, available simulations were there. But what this is doing is this this information is telling you how often is someone going to reach their boom probability, which is, you know, 5x plus 10 fantasy points. That's a constant in there that we use that plus 10 because we like to throw out, oh, 5x or 6x or whatever. Well, if somebody's $3,000 and they get you 15 fantasy points, yeah, that's 5x. It's like, well, that 15 fantasy points may not have been enough to get you. What did what did that salary get you for the other players, et cetera? But, you know, a 5x on that isn't as exciting as a 5x on you know, Jokic or somebody who's ten or twelve thousand dollars. So that's that's something to look at. The bus probability: how often do they fall below um, a realistic um, outcome, et cetera? Leverage, right? So you can see a lot of that stuff here is also over here on the uh, built into the sims. So, oops, I mean, I'm not, it's 
I'm sharing it with my, on my screen. I'm not sharing it on your screen. Here you go. But you can see with the Sims, that's where the leverage is, the ownership, etc. So these are how all the things go together here. The lineup generator, the other tool there for Stochastic uses the same information as well. Um, it just You just don't get to adjust as many of the inputs, but we're making sure none of the crappy lineups are in there for you guys. So we're just putting positive EV lineups in there. All right, back back to let's, we can finish up with the analysis there. That, that was enough on, on the tools. Um, well, I think so it's important let, to talk about that stuff, especially on a three-game slate. We spend so much yes. time going over the plays, all that stuff every day of the week. There's usually more games. On a Saturday morning with only three games, I think it's pertinent, so I'm glad you did that. Yeah, and it, it, this is one of those where it's, we, we we have these rare moments to do it. Uh, right. You know, let's let's take the advantage. Yes, we do this on the, the weekly strategy show, and Josh does it on the process. We get a lot of folks that don't get to watch that stuff during the right. week because they're at work. So, and I bet um, a lot of people had questions about that stuff. They just, you know, maybe embarrassed to ask or didn't want to ask. So I think it's always important to go over that stuff. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, back here to uh, the, the so Denver. I, we're going to need to know what happens with Jamal Murray, but right. who does look good no matter what? Well, Michael Porter Jr. is going to look good. Jokic is going to look good. If Murray's in, then we need to assume full health. If he's out, is there anybody you would you would uh, like to go to aside from from Jokic and from? Uh, and uh, Porter, do you do you start to look at an Aaron Gordon? Um, do you look at a, a Chris Brown? Uh, what what do you start to to get to? Yeah, I think Christian Brown, especially if KCP is also out, becomes a at least a guy you could look at at thirty nine hundred. I think the biggest guy for me that would become in play is Reggie Jackson. Um, mm -hmm. He's not cheap though, so like I'm fine without him. But we've seen him play really, really well in spots like this. So actually trying to find him right now in the tools and I am having trouble doing so. I'm going to go by name just so I can see what his boom percentage and stuff is. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to show everybody, we have nice little landing pages here. This, this deals tab gives you every deal we've got out there from stochastic deals and discounts to the best uh, DFS sites. I mean, look, there's a dozen DFS sites on there. There's almost 10 sports books on there. Uh, we're presenting, uh, this presenting sponsor today is Sleeper. So you can see here, uh, what are the fun things there? First deposit match up to $500. We don't get those very often, but you come in through uh, our link, which I will drop into uh, the, the chat here or uh, the promo code stochastic and the number two, that will get you uh, the opportunity to get a $500 deposit match on your first deposit. Uh, what are the fun things that they have? They do up to 100x payout. They have dynamic payouts, meaning um, they'll put up triple doubles, double doubles, and put different multipliers on it to, to uh, give you the opportunity to add those into your uh, player cards. Uh, you also need to remember that uh, you got to be 18 or older to play in most states, Massachusetts, Arizona, it's 21, Alabama and uh, Nebraska it is 19. And of course, if you or anybody you know has a gambling issue, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. But we have all the information, you know, how do you sign up? What is, where, where are they located? Uh, where can you play? What are their, um, their different games? What are their payment options? What are their withdrawal options, right? All this stuff here for all the sites. So this is something where we get a lot of questions. Say, hey, you got any good deals? What's going on here, et cetera? Yeah, we got all these great landing pages. So um, check that out. But that is for presenting sponsor, Sleeper. All right, did you find the invisible Reggie Jackson or did you end up with Reggie Jackson, Mr. October? I did find him. 
Um, good call out right there. So he's. I must kill the queen. <laughs> Nobody's so going to get a naked gun reference. Come on. What Bond a gunner, you're in there. Obi-Wan. There's, I got some olds in here today. They'll get that. Naked gun. So good. Um, what a cast also. Um, yeah. So Reggie Jackson is 5,900. Makes it really hard to play him. Even if Murray's out, if Murray's in, you can't even look at him. If Murray's out, he becomes a tournament play. With guys like Van Vliet, only a thousand more than him, and the Memphis point guards and Simons, still really hard to prioritize him. Just makes Jokic look better. And I will say, Aaron Gordon, who I'm always a huge fan of, was the big, the main reason I won my first ever GPP. So he'll always be on my good side. He's only 6,400. I don't think it's like a huge effect on him if Murray's out, but it certainly doesn't hurt him because they need more offense. He's a guy that has really bought into the system. He has sacrificed a lot of his offensive game to be, you know, the perfect fit in Denver. Doesn't mean that he can't have games where he shows up offensively. I could see this being one of them. Again, just a GPP play, but I like that call out. All righty. Uh, the Lakers side, always fun playing uh, Davis and LeBron. But as I mentioned, with even with uh, a few injuries there, you've got uh, you've Secondary players are D'Angelo Russell, uh, Austin Reeves, uh, you know, Dinwiddie's clawing out some minutes there. Reddish is back. Darvin Ham said he wants to get him back in the mix. Uh, this is what his like 15th team. Uh, sorry, Reddish. Uh, he's still one of the best basketball players in the world, just not in the NBA. Um, what, what are you thinking here from the uh, LA side, aside from our dynamic duel and future Hall of Famers, LeBron and Davis? Yeah, if you can get to Braun and Davis or you want to play Davis over Jokic, do your thing. I'll never argue with anyone about guys that are that good. The ancillary pieces, though, in the Lakers don't look great to me. They're priced up. The guy that looks the best, and this is embarrassing to say, is Spencer Dinwiddie. 4100 <laughs> You just don't need that much from him at that price point. Now, I don't expect him to break the slate, and I he's projected for 18 fantasy points. That sounds about right to me. But if you have 4,100 left and, you know, you need to fill it, I don't think he's the worst play. You could certainly do worse there. I like the Memphis guys more. He's cheaper than the Memphis guys, though, I think, except for Derek Rose. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. The secondary Lakers pieces, like, it's not a great spot against Denver. I'm certainly not afraid to pick pieces against the Nuggets, but Reeves and Russell are priced where they should be with Davis and LeBron in. When they're healthy and priced where they are, it's hard to prioritize these guys. That's not to say they're not in playing tournaments. It's only a three-game slate. Reeves and Russell certainly have upside, but I don't think I'm personally going to be prioritizing them. How about you? Uh, it's interesting because on FanDuel, you're, 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 you're got your boy, Spencer Dinwiddie, third most popular player from this game, Matt. He is coming in at 25%. I would not have guessed that. I would have said he'd be like the seventh or eighth most popular play on this. But look, positioning, salary cap—it's a thing here. It's really a thing. So I would—that would have—I would have been complete afterthought there on Dinwiddie. Now I'm going to have to consider it because I think I will be playing on both sides tonight. There's just three games. We're doing live before lock. It's at seven o'clock because the games aren't tipping off till eight. Greg will be here. Uh, uh, we'll get his thoughts, and I'll already have my all my hockey lineups in. So I think I can play two sites with the Sims because the Sims are awesome, and they take care of a lot of the heavy lifting um, for us here. 
All righty, let's get to our last game of the night. The Just Houston. real quick on Dinwiddie. Oh, yes, go ahead. I do not like him at ownership. Like, I get why he's getting the ownership and why he's, as you mentioned, one of the top-owned players in this game on FanDuel and on DraftKings. The problem is, like, and again, I'm not going to not play him because of his game log, but you look at his game log, 15 fantasy points, 18, 6.5, Like, again, I'm not not playing him because of that. I just hate playing a guy like that who's also getting ownership, you know? Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. What do we no player? So I, I the filters here are I've got to get back in my my mindset here. Team contains. I'm not getting that. All right. There's there's a way you can do. Oh, and that's got to be or. There we go. So I wanted to see what it looked like with just the final two games here. So this is if you if it takes you a minute to understand how to uh, navigate around this stuff. We have all sorts of tutorials up here, videos, etc. Where we have a whole channel in Discord talking about uh, the Sims. Uh, but uh, here I'm just filtering on the the final game because I'm just curious to see uh, who's popping up again. We're sharing FanDuel here, so it looks like the most popular player is going to be Jalen Green. Um, Dylan Brooks coming in uh, second, but you can see, look, well, I don't understand the simulated ROI. Why is Jalen Green a minus 22%? Why would we ever want to play him? I'd rather play Dylan Brooks. Think about that statement for a second at uh, minus 3% ROI. Well, again, this is factoring in what happens with all of those lineups when these players are included. Where's their boom bust going, right? What you know, What is it saying? I mean, Jalen Green could end up having a fantastic game um, the pool is uh, going to be have him on almost half their lineups. We're we're going lower because we're saying, well, it's not the best ROI, but we're still playing 23%. I mean, minus 20%, that's a huge negative ROI. Why would we ever play that much? Well, it, positional eligibility helps out, right? His salary helps out, um, different things like that, because you can look at Bradley Beal and see that we're well below um, him, even though he's and he's got a worse uh, um player ROI, but he's got similar position eligibility and similar prices, right? So you got to look at all this stuff in context. The Sims is doing all this for you. So and as is the lineup generator, which we've all bundled together for all the sports um, now. So the lineup generator, if you just want to push a couple buttons, look at some lineups, keep the ones you like, make a few more, keep the ones you like, export some, upload them, have some fun. That That is a good way to get in at, at a very low cost point here. The Sims, the Sims is uh, the next evolution of optimizers. So, and that's a lot of fun. It took me a while to get to these. I've only been using the NBA Sims for about three weeks, Matt. But I love them now, and I don't know why I didn't start using them sooner. And hey, it helped that I won the Minimax the other day for $1,000 on just 25 entries. It's a pretty good ROI there. Um, all right, so talk to us about the Houston side here. You've got Van Vliet, you've got Green, Brooks. Alperin, Shingun, some good players here. But Phoenix, not bad on defense, shockingly. No, but Houston's too cheap for who they are. And it's not like we're afraid of the Phoenix matchup either. I think you could make a strong case that Phoenix looks like the top team on the slate. From a tournament perspective, I love Sangoon. Not getting a ton of love, and it makes sense. you got Jokic, Reith, and Davis. So how is Sangoon going to get love? I like him because he's not getting that love and his price is fair at 8,400. Van Vliet and Jalen Green look like 
two of the top overall plays on the slate. They're both getting a ton of love. It makes sense. They're both they're both cheaper than they normally are. The guy I'm interested in hearing your opinion on is Jabari Smith. I know he wasn't great last game, but he had been on a serious heater, not pulling any ownership. I think that Houston fits a lot of different molds. You've got your cash guys in Van Vleen, Greet, and Dylan Brooks. Van Vleet, Green, and Dylan Brooks say that five times fast. And then in tournaments, I like Sangoon and I like Jabari Smith. I think you're paying for Jabari Smith right now, and he doesn't project well for his price point. This is a classic where he's overpriced for his median outcome, too cheap for his upside. I think a lot of times the projection systems have a hard time with these second-year players who are starting to come into their own. I think there might be a little bit of edge there. That said, he's certainly very expensive for his floor. So I think you just have to know that going in. Houston looks good. No problem with getting to any of those guys I mentioned. They're all getting a little bit too much love. But that's the nature of the beast in in NBA. Just piggybacking off the point that you were just making. You're not not playing these guys because they're coming in with negative leverage. Just means you might want to balance it out somewhere else. NBA DFS is not about getting different everywhere. It's about playing the best plays and then getting different in a spot or two where the field is falling through the cracks a little bit. So we see this eye to eye. I don't want to play six guys from Houston, but they do look like, you know, their main four guys and then Jabari Smith and tournaments look like four of the top plays on the slate. I don't think there's a doubt about that. Yeah. And, and for, uh, I've just, I've got the ESPN game logs up here. You can see that this will be the, the third time these teams have played in the last five games uh, in, in Houston's case here. But you can see that all of a sudden the last four uh, in, in even most of February, you've got massive minutes here for Jabari. And he is someone that, that I had on a lot of my rotisserie teams, right? So I selectively start the guys I want. And people are like, ah, you still play rotisserie? Yeah, there's value in it because, one, you can grab spot starts from people like uh, Andre Drummond and get massive games when people aren't paying attention or Paul Reed when uh, when Embiid was out, etc. But you look at someone like Jabari Smith, he's really come on of late. His action, his um, minutes have have changed dramatically. He's really getting the rebounds. I mean, ridiculous rebounds. Look at that. The th- 13 is his lowest of the last four games. That's wild. I did not see that in his outcome. I thought maybe he was going to be like an 18 and 10 guy, best case. But look, he's he's ripping ripping these off, and that's alongside Shingun. So he's someone that that you want to kind of look at. And this is I like. You can get these off the you know the standard game log box scores, but sometimes I like to come in and look at at these on ESPN or basketball, especially basketball reference because it's easier to download. But you can start to look for trends and, and things like that. Check out PRAs, um, just kind of see what's up with these different things. But yeah, Jabari Smith is someone that's really come up. I think I thought I heard I think I heard you talk calling that out on another show um, earlier this week when you were with Josh. Um, yeah, I was, I was about to ask you what I asked Josh earlier. If you're starting a team. Yeah, that was the question. Jalen Green or Jabari Smith? Last year, I would have I would have said Jalen Green probably at the beginning of this year, but I think it's I think it's Jabari Smith. And and to just echo Josh's comments, yeah, Green has the higher ceiling. Sure, but come on, you get someone like this locked in, and he can he can play two different positions. Uh, Worst case, he's he's the fourth guy on a great team. Uh, best case, he's he's your your sort of number two guy, probably the third scorer, but your number two rebounder and your number two defender uh, on a team like this, right? That's one hell of a building block. 
then you take a chance on someone like Green. But I'd rather have I'd rather have the building block here. And I think that's something that I know everybody's wish casting for upside with NBA GMs and stuff. But I think they miss good players like like not I, we'll four game sample size here on Jabari. But I think they're missing someone like that that has a more complete game, right? Looking at 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 another Jabari. Um, Oh, why am I blanking on his last name? But uh, Jabari uh, Parker, Walker. right? Was that? Yeah, uh, from Milwaukee. Oh, right? Parker. Oh, yeah. I, you know, he was. I thought he was going to be amazing, right? The, 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 the torn ACLs on both knees and all that stuff kind of curtailed his career. But someone like that. I mean, remember when he was coming up with Giannis oh, yeah. and and uh, um, Middleton and and those other guys on that team? He he was some that just looked phenomenal. Brandon um, Jennings. Brandon, yeah, that was, but. You know, you you try to find solid players. Too many too many of the players are flawed, outside of the top end superstars. And by flawed, I mean they do one thing awesome, but that's great if they get in the right spot. But think of how many players. I mean, Cam Reddish, if he probably didn't end up in Atlanta, would have had a different career if he would have been on a different team, right? right. You just look at all those oddities like that. It's like I mean, basketball's so chemistry driven and so driven by the other four guys on the court or the top eight on the teams and what's your role and how you're doing it. You just that's why you see some players thrive in situations and others just shit the bed. It's not always their fault. The um, Jabari versus Jalen Green combo reminds me of like, you know, people will always say like. This guy was the absolute best in college. He was the best scorer in college. Like, how come he's not in the NBA? Well, there's levels to it, right? Like, if you're just a really good scorer, but you're not as good as the top scorers in the NBA and you can't do other things, then guys who have a more faceted, you know, multifaceted game are going to be more valuable. Um, And I think that's why you see a lot of guys that you would expect to be really good in the NBA fall out and other guys who you might not expect are just – more willing to take on a lesser role, which is really, really hard for a lot of these guys. Like Jalen Green has been the best player on any team he's ever played for since he was five years old, right? And like maybe he can be the best, like his ultimate upside is maybe he can be the best player on a good NBA team, but probably not because there's just players better than him. So it's an interesting back and forth, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. So uh, just be- we'll, we'll let you close out on the Phoenix side here, but I've got Odd Chopper up on the screen here. Odd Chopper is a phenomenal tool. Uh, you can look across. It's a market-based approach that has you looking across all the different sports books. Um, here, I'm just demonstrating with Anthony Davis. Um, you can quickly look and say, okay, what is, what is the best uh, odds at the different books? You can see plus 110 for him to be under 13 rebounds. And I think or, uh, and I think the under 13 rebounds is a good wager uh, for him tonight, especially going against Jokic. Uh, his number was uh, 13 and a half in his last game, and he, he was well under that. Um, you can see Pinnacle all the way down at minus 128. That's a 4% difference between the, this book here and Pinnacle down here. It's 3% from, fan, uh, from DraftKings. 3% from ESPN bet. So you want to look at this stuff. And and this is where I get frustrated because I'm going to be going back to Florida here and we only have hard rock. So I am not going to be able to shop wagers. But, um, you know, you this is something you want to use. We also have it for uh, looking at the uh, uh, the Pick'em sites. Uh, you can look at it that way, uh, et cetera. It's, you can look at all the leagues. You can sort by league. You can look at future bets. You can look at just the specific. You know, If you only have hard rock uh, where you are, you can just focus on, in on that and, and look at those wagers, et cetera. So 
it's uh, not a bad way to go with this, but it's $14.95 per week, $49.95 per month. And that also gets you access to the Discord, which has um, all the recommended wagers uh, from all of our experts that uh, don't end up on this pick and page. So pretty cool. All righty, Matt, take us through uh, Phoenix and we'll slide on out of here. Phoenix is pretty easy to talk about. Booker and Durant, always in play. They look even better. We don't know the status on Beal or Eric Gordon yet, correct? Beal is early listed as probable, but I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing with him. And Eric Gordon is questionable still. So Beal being in makes me like Booker and Durant Durant a little bit less just from their median projection, just from their median outcome standpoint. But their ceilings are always incredibly high. I don't see tonight being any different. The real thing that it does for me, like if we get Beal in and especially Eric Gordon, I don't think you can play Bull Bull then, who looks good from a leverage standpoint right now. Grayson Allen doesn't look as good. Although I will say about Grayson Allen, like he's become a GPP play. Like he's either really, really good or really bad. Um, Of course, you'd rather have guys out to play him and it might not always continue like that, but that seems to be who he is at this moment. So I'd rather play him if guys are out, but a risky play either way. Phoenix looks like they're studs. And then the ancillary pieces are more in play if we get guys out, but they don't stand out over the guys from Portland, Memphis, you know, Houston isn't Houston's kind of in priced in between Phoenix. Like they don't have the top stars except for Sangoon, who's still even cheaper. And they don't have really the cheap value plays you want to play. I just don't think tonight's going to be the night that I get to like those, you know, secondary third tier options from Phoenix. Unless we get Beal and Gordon out again, then you can start to take a look at them. Yep. All righty. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. We still have got, uh, uh, you've got MMA going and locking in two hours. Uh, I believe Greg has a video out there uh, covering that. We, of course, have the NHL strategy show today. And then we're going to have NBA Live before lock seven to eight tonight, uh, eight o'clock tip off for these games. Uh, reminder, just in case you forgot, sleeper $500 deposit bonus. I don't think that's going to be around much longer. So take advantage of that if you are in one of these uh, 20 plus states. Um, you can get all this on the stochastic page. Remember, you go down to the deals tab, you can see all the different deals that we have. Uh, you know, something like, um, uh, Bet MGM or some of these others are still offering, you know, a month free of Odd Shopper uh, and some other additional things in addition to the various deposit matches uh, and uh, risk-free wagers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So check that out. But uh, you guys can follow Matt on Twitter at Fantasy Tips Matt. You can find me at Emac DFS, and of course it is Stochastic underscore com. With that, gamers, hit the like button and good luck.